Float Stage Podcast. Uh, my name is Andrea. Anne is floating around here somewhere. Um, she'll be back later when we do the interview. Today we are going to do something a little bit different. We're going to hear three plays written by Amber Palmer. Uh, and we have two very talented actors with us today, so I will let them introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Dana Lee Capanna. And my name is Emmy Parker. Welcome. We're very excited to have you guys today. Thank you for having us. Okay, so the first play we're going to read today is called The Sweater Play. Um, and do you guys want to introduce yourselves one more time and which characters you'll be reading for? Yes, I'm Dana Lee Capanna, and I will be playing the role of Kate. And I am Emmy Parker, and I will be playing the role of Ella. Wonderful. So here we go. The Sweater Play by Amber Palmer. Setting. Lockers in a high school. At rise, Kate is at her locker packing up her things. The bell rings. She starts packing more quickly. Ella enters. Hey, why didn't you answer your phone? What? I've been texting you, like, all day. I got your notes from bio. Are you feeling okay? Ella tries to put a hand on her. Kate shrugs her off. Stop it. What? What'd I do? Nothing. Just stop being weird. I'm not? Whatever. Ella opens her locker and starts getting her stuff. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Even if you are acting like a total bitch. Why wouldn't I be okay? You have your phone attached to you constantly, but you haven't answered any of my texts or calls since yesterday. I was just worried. Kate turns her attention to Ella. Is that my sweater? You know it is. You let me borrow it. When? Seriously? Two weeks ago. You left it on my floor and you said I could hang on to it. Kate gets red. I need it back. Okay. Next sleepover, I'll wash it. There's not going to be any more sleepovers, okay? What? Did I do something wrong? The bell rings for class. You're going to be late. What'd I do? Nothing. I definitely did something to piss you off. I don't have time. My dad's waiting for me. You're not coming to class? No. I'm changing schools. Wait, seriously? Don't make this weird. You weren't going to tell me. I knew you were going to be like this. There's nothing that we can do about it, so... They know, don't they? Yeah. The note you gave me yesterday fell out of my jacket pocket. Ella nods. Kate answers the question on her face. Don't worry. They didn't call your parents. They're damage controlling. Please don't tell anyone about any of this. If anyone asks, just tell them I moved or something. I won't tell. Yeah, me too. Kate grabs a trash can and starts throwing most of her stuff away. Do you need any help? No, I just need my sweater back. I got it for Christmas last year. My dad will kill me if he thinks I lost it. You don't have to go, you know? I really do. I have my license now. My mom finally let me drive to school myself. You can come home with me. Mom won't be home until four. That gives us lots of time to- To do what? Do you even hear yourself? You sound so dumb. We could come up with a plan. I'm sure there's a shelter or- I already checked. The closest one is five hours away. Then we'll drive five hours. Please be serious. I am being serious. My parents would find me there. Then I'd be in even more trouble. What do you mean by that? Are they hurting you or something? No. They just want me to be better. I haven't even been trying. If I try and I can't do it, then I don't know. But I have to try. I haven't even kissed a boy. How can I know I won't like it if I don't try? I've kissed boys. It's not worth trying. I could get better. I just have to try. I can get better. You have to let me try. No, I don't. How can I accept that you're just going to... What? Are they making you go to therapy? Ella... They can't make you do that. I'll 
We'll call child services. They can't make- I agreed to go. An awkward beat. Kate starts throwing her stuff away faster. Only because they made you. No. Yes. You were a bad friend to me. You made me do those things. I'm pretty sure you're the one who took your sweater off. You tempted me. That was my mistake. I I shouldn't have been tempted over and over. I I shouldn't have slept over. I I shouldn't... You made me. I didn't. You tricked me. You told me you were a Christian. You targeted me when I moved here. Do you think that? Or did your dad say that? You need to go. I know you don't believe any of that. Shut up! Come with me. We can go right now. We'll take the back exit. Your dad won't even notice us leave. We can go to my house, get my saving bonds and my birthday money and- And be the cliche homeless gay kids that get murdered and thrown in a ditch somewhere? That wouldn't happen to us. I can see it exactly in my head. We'll drive until we're far enough away that no one would know us. We'll cut our hair and change our names and move somewhere where no one's shitty. Everyone is shitty. And we'll go somewhere where the people are less shitty. And we'll get jobs and work our way through college. You can stop playing piano at church and play in bars instead and I'll build us a house. You don't know anything about building a house. Then I'll learn. I'll build us the prettiest little house on the street and I'll paint the door a different color every so often and we'll have a life. We'll get older and find kids like us and give them somewhere to go and have big Thanksgivings for whoever's hungry. And we'll have a giant family and a little house full of love and- Shut up, okay? No. What's the matter with you? Isn't that what you want? Yes. Of course it is. But that's not how this story ends. Yours might end like that, but mine doesn't. But it could. I can see it so clearly. It really could. We just have to go. We can go right now. Shut up. Katie, come on. Stop throwing your stuff away. You might want to save it. Shut up! Kate slaps her. Hard. A beat. They're both frozen. I'm sorry. Are you okay? I just... You wouldn't stop talking. I didn't didn't mean to. I, I have to go. Kate closes her locker and goes to leave. Wait. You need your sweater. You can keep it. I don't want it. No, it's yours. Ella pulls off the sweater. She is now standing in the hallway in her bra. She holds it out to Kate. Take it. I can't. It's yours. I can't. It smells like you. I don't want it anymore. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I wish things could be different. Okay. I love you. Thanks. Don't you love me? You know I don't have a choice. I gave you a choice. That's just play pretend. It, it isn't... You have to promise you won't tell, Ella. You can't tell anyone. I won't. I promise. Another awkward beat. Kate takes the sweater from Ella. Bye. Kate seems like she might go in for the hug, but decides against it. She exits. Ella stands there, staring at Kate's abandoned books, the trash can, the empty locker. She takes in the gravity of the situation. She forgets that she's standing half-naked in a hallway. It doesn't matter anymore. After a beat or two, she punches Kate's locker. She punches it again. It starts slow, each punch echoing through the hallway. Then it gets louder and faster until she's throwing everything she has at that locker. Then she stops and remembers that she promised she wouldn't tell anyone. She realizes how loud she's been, that someone could have noticed that she can't be seen. She climbs into the locker and slides down to sit at the bottom of it. She closes herself in. End of play.
Baby Dyke Whisperer, a 10-minute play by Amber Palmer. You guys want to introduce yourselves one more time and yeah. which characters? I'm Dana Lee Capana, and I will be reading the role of Erin. I'm Emmy Parker, and I will be reading the role of Betty. Baby Dyke Whisperer. Setting. The projector room of an older movie theater. There are three projectors running in the area we see. At rise, Erin enters. She's wearing a date outfit. She begins setting up a romantic picnic, including an electric candle. There's a background noise of film flickering and movie dialogue. Betty enters. She seems a little uncomfortable, but she brought a six-pack. When you asked me to the movies, I didn't think you meant in the projector room. Erin jumps, having not noticed her. Oh, hey. It's okay, though, right? I mean, my boss said it's cool if we're up here, and I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's cool. Cool. So uh, we have a couple of options. Casablanca is about halfway done. It happened one night, started like 15-ish minutes ago. And then I'm starting the ultimate queer love story, Rope, in about 10 minutes. I haven't seen any of those. Do any of them have subtitles? I can't stand reading subtitles in movies. (laughs) Well, you're in luck then. All three are all-American classics. I guess... I don't know. You pick. Let's do Rope, then, since it hasn't started. Rope is great. Trust me, it's like about these two guys who are totally gay for each other, and then they murder this guy and have to hide his body. It's great. <laughs> it's a romance? Well, not really, but, I mean, it's it's a good movie. Okay, sure. Uh, so I brought some of this for us to share. It's a coffee-flavored beer, which, I know, it sounds weird. But trust me, it's good. At least I've heard it was good. Cool, cool. I'm I'm totally cool with drinking at work. You don't have to. I just thought... No, no, it's awesome. Thanks. Betty and Aaron open up a beer. They drink because they have no idea what to talk about. This seems like a cool job. Oh, yeah, thanks. Lynn said you're pretty cool. That's nice of her. You seem pretty cool, too. Thanks. Awkward drinking. Both think this was a bad idea. So, I'm new to this. Oh, oh, yeah. You're a baby dyke. What'd you just call me? Uh, oh, it's 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 not like an insult or anything. Well, maybe it is a little. I thought you were new to town or something. I, I guess you just seem more initiated. God, this was a terrible idea. I should just go. Betty gets up to leave. Aaron gets up and follows her. Wait, hold on, hold on. You're in good hands. I'm, well, let's just say I'm the baby dyke whisperer. I've been with four baby dykes, not counting the lugs. I've mastered the art of charming the pants off of parents. I'm a great date for weddings. And I am an excellent kisser, amongst other things. And so modest. It's not being immodest if it's true. I don't know. I don't think I'm ready for all that. All of what? You know, being initiated. The movie hasn't even started yet. And, and it doesn't have to be a date if you don't want it to be. We can just watch Rope as friends. Really? Yeah, really. Betty sits back down. So, when you say this is new to you, how new? Two days new. That's pretty new. <laughs> Blue is the warmest color popped up on my Netflix recommendations, and I thought, oh, this looks interesting. And then I watched it and was like, yeah. I guess I never considered this to be an option. And then I dumped my boyfriend, Jake, and asked Linz if she knew someone cool I could go on a date with. And now I'm here. 
I thought you didn't like subtitled movies. I wasn't looking at the subtitles. Gotcha. <laughs> Man, that's a powerful movie. One viewing and poof, you're a lesbian. Uh, I don't like that word. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. It just makes me think of porn and like, it's not a pretty word. Oh, I love it. It's got this nice vowel to consonant ratio that I can really get behind. Lesbian? No, you have to like, let it breathe. Lesbian, yeah? It's the S and the B near each other. (laughs) Definitely. See, you just have to get used to it. Or maybe you're not a lesbian. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Yeah. Thanks for being so cool. Yeah, it's no problem. They sink into a little silence. Some more drinking. So, do you seduce all of your, uh, you know... Baby dags? Yeah, those. Do they all get movies and candlelit picnics? It's part of the conversion process. If I convert ten straight girls by the end of the month, Ellen sends me a toaster oven. How far away from you are that? (laughs) Closer than you think. It seems like all I date these days are baby dykes. Oh. You seem disappointed. I mean, there are ten queer women in this town, and I've dated all of them. Most of them were baby dykes at the time, and then they outgrew me. I don't know why I thought there'd be a new one who wasn't... Wait, you dated Linz? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's patient zero. First lesbian I ever met in town. She didn't tell me that. It was years ago, and depending on who you ask, it didn't mean anything. Sorry. I'm I'm totally over it. It was a long time ago. It's good that you're still on good terms, at least. Did you not catch the only ten queer women in town bit? We have to be. I see her everywhere. Her exes are my exes. My exes are her new girlfriends. That sounds awful. It is... They all think they're too good for baby dykes, especially Lynn's. She's one of those militant lesbians who won't even date bi girls. There's a, there's a part of me that gets it, because it's not exactly fun to be the person people test their sexuality out on all the time, but you don't have to be a biphobe, you know? Sure. I'm not doing that, you know? Testing my sexuality out on you? I didn't say you were. You implied it. No, I'm just saying... You saw a movie, dumped your boyfriend, and thought you might try pussy? It's just, it's so done before. Wow. You're being a total ass. Really? I thought I was cool. Forget it. Betty gets up and starts grabbing her stuff. Wait, I'm sorry, that that was shitty. Yeah, it was. Do you have any idea how awful this week has been for me? I already feel terrible and confused and gross, and now you're making me feel even worse for not being gay enough or whatever. I'm just trying to figure all of this out. I don't need you making it worse. I'm sorry. You know what Jake said to me when I told him? I didn't even say I was a lesbian. I just said I needed some time to figure things out, and he saw right through it. He just stared at me and was like, wait, you're a dyke? I've been dating a fucking dyke, and now I don't even know if that's what I am or if it's something else or if I'm just confused or what. That sounds really hard. It is. It's really fucking hard. All I'm trying to do is figure this out, and now everyone's calling me a dyke. I'm just gonna go. Betty goes to exit. Wait, hold up. You really don't have to go. I I won't call you the D word anymore, I promise. I'm sorry about that. 
you get used to calling yourself something and you just forget sometimes. That it's okay. You didn't know. Yeah, but I could have guessed. Please stay. This is a really good movie and I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this nasty beer by myself. You really want that toaster oven? No, I just really want to get to know you better. If that's okay. Even though I'm... That doesn't matter. You're like a total badass. I mean, I don't know about that. Uh, you saw a movie, had an inkling you might be gay, and just went for it? Like, that's insane. It took me almost five years to come out after I started feeling like that. Once you've dated around the block so many times, you get a vibe for who's going to be fine. You just... You're gonna be okay. So, if you want to go... You don't need my permission to go. Date all 10 other girls in town and come back. But I'd really like it if you stayed. I guess I have to start somewhere, right? Exactly. Might as well get me out of the way first. Rip it off like a (laughs) Band-Aid. Betty laughs and sits down again. Aaron starts the projector for rope. It all starts to dawn on Betty. Oh my god. I'm actually doing this. Watching Rope? I know, it's crazy. No, I mean, this. I have no idea how to do any of this. Well, there aren't any hard and fast rules. Like, yeah, you'll probably go cut your hair, order a giant pride flag off Amazon, wear the Doc Martens and the flannel, and then one day you'll realize that there's only, uh, like, five movies about lesbians and they're all super male gazy, and you'll just kind of scream into the void. Then I'll eventually get bitter and hopeless like you? I hope not. That's usually what happens right before I get dumped again. The opening music to Rope begins to play. Aaron sits back down. If, uh, if we're going to date, can you not do that? Like, plan on being dumped again right away? I'd be more than happy to retire as the baby dyke whisperer, but let's take it one day at a time, okay? Okay. Erin smiles and puts her arm around Betty. Betty leans into her as the music fades. End of play. Play number three, The Speedy Gonzales Memorial Turtle Sanctuary by Amber Palmer. I'm Dana Lee Capanna, and I will be reading the role of Diana. And I'm Emmy Parker, and I will be reading the role of Carmen. The Speedy Gonzales Memorial Turtle Sanctuary. Setting. A tiny backyard. There's a small baby pool and a lot of buckets surrounding the miniature construction site. There's a back door that leads to the house. At rise, Diana enters, dressed for court, rushing to the door. She doesn't notice the buckets until she trips over one. She takes in the scene with slight horror. Carmen enters, also dressed for court, but she's caked in mud. She's carrying two more buckets. There you are! Thank God! God, you're okay. Of course I'm okay. Why wouldn't I be okay? We were so worried about you. I I was sitting there waiting for you, and I was just thinking, I shouldn't have let her drive by herself over and over and over. I I thought you got in an accident. God, Carmen, do you not even care? It doesn't matter. Your girlfriend's feelings don't matter, really? Uh, What are you even doing? I just got a little distracted. That's all, okay? Get off my back. You're kidding, right? Carmen... This was important. It wasn't that important. Seeing that asshole go to prison for driving over you and your sister is pretty damn important. It doesn't matter anymore. Just listen, okay? I had an epiphany when I was driving to the courthouse. I'm going to build a turtle sanctuary. I'm sorry. What? See, here's what I'm thinking. I'm going to dig a hole right here. See where the old slide was? And then I'm going to stick the baby pool in it. Isn't it so cute? 
I couldn't believe they had one with turtles on it. And imagine the luck. This isn't your yard. You Anyways, can't... I'll put the pool in the ground, get some big rocks from the garden store so I can make little steps for them to get out and maybe get some floating rocks, you know, for a little je ne sais quoi. And then I'll go get some chicken wire and some fence posts and build a little fence around it. And voila, the Speedy Gonzalez Memorial Turtle Sanctuary. I know the name's a little tacky, but when we were little, we were little when we got Speedy and he deserves to be remembered. You're kidding me. I still have to go get the chicken wire and dig the hole, not to mention filing as a nonprofit and making all the social media and advertising. Stop. I don't have time. I got to get this stuff up and running or these guys are going to eat us out of house and home. How many exactly? 20 as of now, but I'm planning on going out for another run after I get the fence up. You picked today to kidnap 20 turtles. I didn't kidnap them. And it's just temporary until I can find them suitable homes. The landlord is going to lose his mind if he sees this. Well, where else was I supposed to take them? The lake, maybe? What on earth made you think I'd be okay with this? I just assumed you were an empathetic person. You want to talk about empathy? You should have been there today. I meant to go. I was so worried about you. Do you not get that? I mean, don't sit here and tell me I'm not empathetic when you can't empathize with the fact that I'm, I'm so tired. I'm emotionally exhausted and you should have fucking been there. Stop, okay? I know. I tried, but I couldn't go. I don't want to hear it. God, I, I don't even have time to be upset about this because now we have 20 turtles trapped in our backyard. We got to get rid of these guys. They're not going anywhere. I'm going to take good care of them. They're wild animals. They need to be at a lake with lots of room to swim around. They'll have plenty of room here. They don't belong here. They want to be out in the world with their little turtle families, turtle moms and dads and brothers. And sisters. Exactly. Well, they'll have new families now. <sighs> I don't know how much more of this I can take. They're just turtles. Diana is really close to losing her cool. She takes a breath. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad that it was just you being you and nothing terrible happened to you, but you're being completely ridiculous. There are dog sanctuaries, cat sanctuaries, even horse sanctuaries. Yeah, people actually care about cats and dogs and horses. No one gives a shit about turtles. I do. I know. And you're going to be stuck raising 20, 30, 40, however many turtles you decide to pick up off the street. I mean, you hear how ridiculous this is, right? Because it's uncommon doesn't mean it's ridiculous. This this isn't an argument we're having. We're not doing this. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'll do it myself. Carmen picks up the shovel and starts digging the hole. She has a difficult time with this because she can hardly put weight on her leg. Babe, stop. You're going to hurt yourself. I don't care. We're going to get evicted. Do you not understand that? If the landlord comes, let him come. Maybe he'll fall in love with a turtle while he's here. Do you even care about the sentencing? No, it doesn't matter. He got ten years. I told you, I don't care. It was a relief. <laughs> the longest sentence he could get. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't be enough. Carmen digs in silence for a moment. Work called yesterday. They said... Save it. It doesn't matter. I hope they fire me. It'll save me the trouble of putting in my two weeks once the sanctuary gets off the ground. 
You need to go to work. I can't pay for this place by myself. Doesn't matter. It does matter. Carmen, things matter. The real world matters. Hey, c- come on, put that down and, and just just talk to me. Carmen does not put the shovel down. She pauses. I don't want to go back and see her cubicle cleared out. Okay, I get it. I do, I understand. But you have to go back. And the longer you put off going back, the harder it's going to be. Life has to go on. We all miss her. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize she was your sister, too. I considered her my sister. That's sweet. But she wasn't. She was my best friend. I never knew a world without her because she was always here and now she's not. You've only known her for five years. You already know what a world without her is like, so don't tell me how to handle this, okay? Just drop it. I'm trying to understand what's going on with you. If it was just just crying or yelling or, or breaking things, I could understand. But this, this is a whole new level. You're trapping wild animals in the yard. I'm trying to be empathetic. I, I've been empathetic, I think, but, but enough is enough. Jesus, Carmen, I I can't come home from days like today and find turtles in the yard or or come home and find you completely despondent, staring out the window, just constantly saying everything is fine. It's obviously not fine. So you either need to help me help you or I'm leaving. I love you, but I swear to God, Carmen, I'll go and I will not come back. There was a truck. A truck? Where? Today, when I was driving to the courthouse, I took the back road because I thought I could drive slower and there wasn't the intersection. But people were speeding and I got nervous, so I was speeding too. And there was a truck. I was driving and I was checking my mirrors and I was making sure I was going fast enough that the truck would stay one car length behind me, but not so fast that it'd make me nervous. And there was a big turtle crawling across the street and he was almost across. And I thought I should stop and help him across the street. But I thought if I was, if he was so close and almost across and, and I was running a little late and I knew you'd both be worried. So I thought someone else will stop. Or he'll make it across on his own. So I drove around him and kept going. And I was driving and I was checking my mirrors and saw the truck. And I thought, the truck will move. The truck will dodge him. There's lots of road. He'll swerve around him. It was so bad, Diana. It was so bad. I keep thinking about the pictures. I don't remember it at all. So all I can think of is the pictures. They keep telling me that it was us in those pictures, but it didn't look like me. I don't look like that. Kate didn't look like that. We were in those little matching jogging outfits mom got us for Christmas last year. Hers was blue and mine was pink. So I knew it had to be us because those were our clothes. And he left us there. And people kept driving past and driving past thinking that someone else must have called someone or... Maybe they didn't see us, or maybe they were running late to a court date. I don't know. You're right. I should have asked you. But I just kept driving up and down that street, looking for crossing turtles. 
driving up and down other streets looking for small friends who needed help. And I just kept picking them up and putting them in my trunk. And then I don't even know where the buckets came from. I just kept. And I know I can't save all all of them. I'm not stupid or anything. I just. I want to help some of them, as many of them as I can, and maybe they'll find good families or I can find a better place for them. I don't know. I just... Someone has to care about the turtles. Why does no one care about the turtles? Carmen drops her shovel. Diana comes over to her. I care about the turtles. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I care so much about the turtles, which is why I think we need to let them go. They won't be happy being trapped here. I know you know that. I just want to protect them. I know. It hurts. It hurts so bad. I know it does. I know. But we have to let them go. Yeah. We have to let them go. Fade to black. End of play. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Uh, Stay tuned for the offstage with the upstage uh, where we'll be having a conversation with the playwright Amber Homer. Uh, and remember, if you think nobody wants you, we do. The Upstage Podcast is hosted by Anne Marley and Andrea Rumblemore. Produced by David Moore and Hear It Sound and Studio. Music composed by David Moore. Find out more about the Upstage Podcast at annmarley.com slash the hyphen upstage. If you enjoy the Upstage, if you like what you hear, if you want to help support new theater, and if you want to keep hearing new plays, consider donating to our Patreon. Donations help us pay voice actors and playwrights, and we want to be able to pay our contributors fairly for their work. Any donation is appreciated, large and small alike. You can help keep small theater alive. Check out our Patreon, found on our Upstage website at annmarley.com slash the hyphen upstage. <laughs>